you know what? If you got on a training plan, you could probably run a pretty decent <laughs> marathon. Dizwins Radio, episode 766, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to let you know something new that I've got going on that maybe maybe you haven't heard about before. Maybe maybe you have. I don't know. I've mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, I'm going back to YouTube. It's it's been a while. I think it's been about three years, maybe four years since I've done uh, much on YouTube. Going to kind of change up my YouTube game a little bit. Uh, kind of make it more like the the Q and A episodes of the show. Now, don't worry, the Q and A episodes of the show are certainly not going away. But uh, once a week, I'm going to fire up the old YouTubes. And uh, answer a question. It's it's Ask Diz is coming to YouTube um, in two days from the day that this episode drops. The first episode will go go out on YouTube on uh, the fourth of September. So if you if you're not following me on YouTube and you would be interested in doing so, I'm, I'll probably mix in uh, a few reviews. And I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to kind of get back into playing with YouTube and see what happens. And you know, right now it's going to start off with a you know, kind of an ask, answering questions, ask the coach type of format. And who knows what it'll look like six months from now. We'll worry about that in six months, but that's where we're starting right now. Uh, the, you know, I mean, if you think if you just search on YouTube for Diz Runs, you'll, you'll find me, right? Cause that's pretty much where I am everywhere. But if you want to go right directly to my channel, the address you need to go type into your browser, um, is disruns.com slash YouTube. Cause if I go to YouTube, it's, you know, there's a bunch of slashes and things like that. So try to make it easy. Disruns.com slash disrun.com slash YouTube. It'll open up the YouTube, uh, you know, either YouTube, uh, app on your phone or it'll just open it up in your browser. You can click subscribe. And, uh, that way you'll be, you'll be able to see the shenanigans that are, are more likely than not to begin ensuing on YouTube at least once a week. We'll mix in a few extras here and there as well. So that is it for today. Now let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is, I mean, just, she's a pretty awesome runner. She was uh, seventh. This is just one of the many accolades. I, you know, we could have spent the whole time probably talking about the accolades here, but uh, she was a seventh master's finisher and won her age group in the 2007 Boston Marathon. So clearly, front of the pack, running hard, uh, even at the biggest races. Uh, and she's now more focused, though, instead of road racing, uh, on mountain racing and cross-country running. Um, but she's still running at the front of those packs, still ranked very high in, in the region, in the, in the country, uh, all over the place. Uh, just, just an awesome runner. But she's also, uh, a, a, among many other things, a cancer survivor. And she actually ran the Chicago Marathon in, I believe, 2010. But we'll get into that story as it goes. Um, while she was still going through chemotherapy, which is, I mean, just kind of shows how, obviously, how strong she is, how how much of a badass she is. Uh, and we'll get into all that and probably a whole lot more today with, uh, w- in this episode with, uh, Miss Nancy cook. So Nancy, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Um, thanks for the invitation. I'm looking forward to our podcast today. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, guys, if you want to kind of follow more along with, with Nancy and what she's got going on and things like that, uh, her, her website is, and this one took me a minute to figure it out, but I think I finally figured it out. So it's Nan, like short for Nancy ski S K I. And then MTN short for mountain. So Nan ski mountain, uh, but you know, Nan ski MTN, uh, dot wordpress.com. And that whole same Nan ski MTN thing is, is her place on social media as well. So Twitter, Instagram, same handle, both places. Um, and as per usual of everything linked up in the show notes, disruns.com slash seven, six, six is the link that'll take you back to the show notes for today of photos, links, the whole nine, just like always disruns.com slash seven, six, Six. So Nancy, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show, it's, it's like the one scripted question that, that I have. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but uh, it's a fun question to ask. Sometimes it's a, it's a, a little bit tricky for, for the person to try to answer because there's so many great choices out there. But uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? <laughs> I, you know, there's been, so I've been running 
and racing since I was in college. I started racing and running to lose weight. You know how we all gain that freshman 15, sometimes freshman 50, as I learned on a college tour yesterday, this girl, (laughs) she was so cute. But I uh, started running way back then, and there have been many different distances and triathlon distances, and and I've I've enjoyed them all. And it is it's tricky to answer because what do I what do I like now? And I think being a seasoned runner, so to speak, anything on dirt, any trail, any trail race, or anything uphill that's not going to bang my knees. I think that that's why I've really gravitated toward the cross country and mountain racing in my later career here, because it's an amazing challenge and people will look at you like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're doing that. And you look at the age graded results, um, Mount Washington this past year. And I was one of those top 25 in Mount Washington with my age graded results and just knowing my strength and to be able to run up Mount Washington, 7.6 miles to the top in a, in a fast form Mm -hmm. compared to all these other amazing, we call them running royalty, uh, out there that continue to run these races year after year after year. Some of these folks have been running Mount Washington for 25 years. And I'm thinking this was my, this was my sixth Mount Washington. And I was, I'm impressed as many times as you go over and over. It's, it's sort of like the Boston marathon of mountain running to go to Mount Washington. So so mountains, mountains, and, and again, it could be a 5K or a 10K, and, and again, like Mount Washington, I think is one of my favorites of, of late, and that's 7.6, so the, that's the answer to that question. But I, I love them all. I actually have enjoyed so many different distances and, and being an all-terrain runner, and last year I won the all-terrain series for the USATF uh, series. They put together this all-terrain series where you can run all these distances and all the terrains. And I was the number one female, actually, even higher scored than the open runners. It's not based on speed. It's based on where you place within the field. So uh, I was the number one female for that last year and, and really actually had a blast running the track. And I've never even run track. So so even though you're excited about one distance and you're what you know one terrain, it's like to branch out and try other terrains. And I think that's the really the exciting part of that all terrain series was you could try them all and you could do them all and and be like, oh my gosh, that was like a PR for me in the 1600. So um, <laughs> it was fun. It's fun. It's all fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, there's never any shortage of options. And and just when you think you've you've heard of them all, then it's you know let's let's combine a bunch of different types of racing together and make a series with with all kinds of random stuff. And I I do have to say. I think 7.6 miles might be the the first time that that distance that exact distance has uh, <laughs> come up over the years. Do you know kind of offhand what the what the elevation of of a race like that ends up? Did you did you say was it 7,000 feet? Did I hear you say that? Yeah, let me look. I have to look and get that information. Oh, it's for not that you. big of a deal. Yeah, but, no, I I can't remember. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they have it on the T-shirt. Oh, here it is: 6,288 mm-hmm. feet. That's what you run up. That, only one, only one hill. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot in a, in a short distance. How long does a race like that take? I mean, you know, because I, 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 as a road runner, like I'm thinking, you know, seven point six miles. So it's like, you know, like like I could pretty comfortably do that in in an hour without even you know working too hard. Maybe a little bit more than that. And obviously, everybody's pace is different, but you know, a lot of us have run seven miles and, and even seven hilly miles. Like might take a little bit longer. But what do, what does seven miles straight up a mountain like? How long does that take? Well, they say when you when you start to goal that race, they say to really look at your half marathon time. So look at what it's going to take you to run a half marathon. That's what we base um, how how long it's going to take us to do Mount Washington. So uh, and I'm going to look for my times for that. But <laughs> but yeah, right around a hundred, like um, one hour forty or one thirty eight. I think this last year I was right around one thirty eight, an hour thirty eight. So you look at there's there's sections of Mount. Washington, um, like the, the very end of Mount Washington, it's, it's hard, you know, people, you'll see some people running up it, but at the end, it's more people just, it's the grind, it's the wall, it's the end. And, and you, that's that last little piece that you get right up to the summit. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. That was, that was kind of leading into another question I had. How much, how much running 
do you do like how much is it is it how much running versus like power hiking or or is it is it kind of a blurred line between those two dip type of distinctions for a race like that where you're just climbing basically straight up the whole time yeah you know it is oh you mean like in the race yeah, or, yeah. or in training yeah i think in both i mean in both cases you you do a bit of of all of that i mean mm-hmm. i i was telling someone a lot of it's most it's mental it's there's a lot of mental to it and a lot of you can do it and and thinking about what are the mantras I'm going to use. And a lot of us like will write our mantra on our arm mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can, you can read it and you can be reminded where, why am I here? You know, what am I doing this for? And keep, you can do it. You can keep going. And, um, you know, just like if, especially, you know, um, I've, you know, I've lost some folks to cancer this past year and thinking about thinking about them and how how strong they were through their cancer treatment. And I'll be like, you know, Pat strong, you know, just to be thinking about those people and thinking about their strength and them giving you strength and how you're, you know, how you're going to keep bearing with it. But I will talk myself into walking for I allow myself to walk 10 steps and then I would run 20 walk mm. 10 and run 20. So when I couldn't run, I would, I would tell myself, it's okay. You can walk. And, and in some cases you, you're, you're going so steep, your walk is faster than your run anyway. So, mm. so you, you've got to make sure that your posture is correct, that you're not, you're not giving too much of yourself into the hill, but you're also not holding yourself back with your shoulders too far back. Mm. So, you know, it, it really is about the energy and, um, I don't know how much you, you, looked into chi running and, and how much mm-hmm. you're getting that energy forward with your, with your stride and, and getting the energy from the hill to, to help you up too. Yeah. I, I, a lot of those, those things go through my mind when I'm running up the mountain. So yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. And it, and you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. Like this year they were, they were even talking like, Oh, if it's going to rain and it's going to freeze and then the roads are going to be too icy. It's more about the cars. They're worried about the cars at the top of the hill that they'll, and I think there's been one time in the past that they've canceled it for weather. Cause I don't know if you know, Mount Washington weather too, but it can change right on a dime and it'll snow and they give out fleece blankets at the top wow. because Sometimes it's so cold up there you need and we'll all, yeah. all different kinds of clothes to wear and down jackets and, and you're running in the, in the heat in the beginning. It's really warm at the bottom, but you know, the weather changes and it, it gets really cold. It's one of the, one of those, those wild places in this world where, you know, the weather can just change on a dime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's what elevation does, I guess. And, and, you know, coming from, uh, you know, I, I live in Florida now, so yeah, I, we don't know anything about elevation down here. We know about hot. We, we, we got that part down. We've got the humidity yeah. figured out. Um, yeah. but when it comes to elevation, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, I think our, our tallest point is just like, you know, highway overpass in Orlando or something like that is the, the tallest, tallest point in, in the, in, uh, in Florida. But anyway, um, yeah. You know, running running mountains obviously not something that I'm I'm real familiar with, but uh, would love to to kind of loop back um, more towards the the beginning part of your story. Like you said, you got started running in in college. Um, was, was it getting started running kind of somewhat competitively right off the bat, or did you just kind of start easing into it more for the fitness side of things? Well, I yeah, I was yeah, I'm com- I'm competitive. I'm I've always been competitive. I played basketball in college, and and when I stopped playing basketball, I you know, I started running and a friend of mine asked me to be the swimmer on his triathlon team and biking was my stronger suit. So he was the biker and I was the swimmer and then the runner didn't show up. Mm. So I ended up running. So I ended up swimming and running and cycling was my, my strongest of the three. So, and we, we, um, and we won as the co-ed team. So my friend Glenn was the biker. And the next year I'm like, you know, I'm doing this thing by myself. It was just some small college Mm -hmm. race and there wasn't a lot of people in it, but it was fun. And it was, so anyway, I trained for it the next year and, I won as a female in this little triathlon. I was like, wow, well, that was pretty cool. And I love to win. (laughs) Winning's fun. (laughs) So, uh, so the next year that's what started my triathloning and, and it was a blast. I mean, it was so much fun to have the three different sports to train for and, and meeting all different kinds of people that do each of those sports. And you no, know, I jumped right into the competitive thing because it was a social thing. You know, I, I'm also a very social person. So it was fun. I met so many amazing people throughout these years in my triathlon 
career, so to speak, and then in my running career and moving into marathons. And I've done four Ironman distance triathlons and really have enjoyed doing those. My my big dream was to qualify for Hawaii, and I, I was going to qualify by winning. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. to win, and I ended up, I think my best placing was second place in my age group. So I, I didn't win. I didn't end up going to Hawaii, and I, I stopped doing that longer distance Ironman. But, um, but I was 1150 was my PR in the Ironman, and I ran a 351 Good marathon nice. in that Ironman. So I was, I felt really strong. I was really strong back then, and that was the 90s before I moved to Colorado. And then I got into cyclocross when I was in Colorado, and I did a bunch of triathlon. So triathlon was a real focus of mine for a long time. I, I moved back home and qualified for the world championship in the half half Ironman and went to Clearwater, Florida. I did the world championship down there. And then from there, I just, you know, I started doing marathons and marathoning. My friend told me, this guy I was working with, John Clicka, he's like, you know what, if you got on a training plan, you could probably run a pretty decent marathon <laughs> I'm like, because I would just wing it. You know, I was just out there just having fun. I didn't really even think about a plan. I was just kind of putting in miles. I figured the, just put in the miles and then go race and, and you and get it done. And I finally figured it out that if you had a plan, you could actually achieve faster and get faster and better. And, and that's when I did the Chicago marathon um, and I would run Chicago in costume because it was right around October. So mm-hmm. my friends would think I was crazy. My friend Judy always thought I was nuts. But the first one I did, I ran in a pink Power Ranger outfit. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran a 314 in a pink Power Ranger outfit that my, my sister had made for me and for Halloween. It was hilarious. Uh, and they would, and all the little kids, because my son was in, you know, the Power Ranger mm-hmm. age. He was way into them. So I was a pink Power Ranger and they were like, hey, mom, it's the pink Power Ranger because people would say, yay, Wonder Woman's, you know, Superwoman. They had no idea what, what kind of superhero I was supposed to be. But then you'd see the kid who knew, you know, right. it was like the, the inner language, right? The Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I did that one. And then I did Chicago again. I did it in um, uh, Tiger Tales. Um, I did, I had like ears and the tiger tails. And, and again, I ran, I was running 315 and they're like, you're probably the only one in cow- outfit. And I, and I said, no, no, no. And I ran into the blues brothers. The oh, blue wow. thing. So I wasn't the only one in a costume at running at the, yeah, the lower times. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. you, you mentioned the, uh, the whole uh, idea of, you know, if you started, if you followed the training plan, you might actually run a halfway decent uh, marathon. I feel like 351 in and of itself is, is more than a halfway decent marathon and doing that at the yeah. end of a, of an Ironman, clearly uh, you were, you, you didn't need to yeah. do a, a structured training plan at that right. point. You were, you were good to go. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I know. Yeah. So yeah, that's when, but that's when I ended up doing Boston so fast. It was, it was after really focusing on, you know, what do you need to do in order to run faster? So, so my Boston and what happened with Boston, it was, they, they uh, predicted a nor'easter that year. So I, uh, I ran, and everybody's like, oh, they're going to cancel it. And it was raining and it was cold, but they didn't cancel it, of course. Mm-hmm. And that was 2007. Yes, because I had just met, I had met my husband and I ran with an uh, umbrella, this black umbrella in the beginning because it was raining so hard. And I didn't want to get super wet because as soon as you get wet and you're not running, you get cold. So I was hanging on to that umbrella as long as I could. So probably like two miles, I ditched the umbrella on the side of the road and and just kept running and I ran and I ran a 305 and it was crazy because, you know, it was a nor'easter. It was so super cold. There was nobody. You know how you always see Boston, all the cheering and the crowds and everything. There was nobody was out that day. <laughs> it was like everybody was inside because it was so cold and nasty out. But I ran a 305 and and it was amazing. There was nobody at the finish line. My husband had gathered all these girls around him and he had a dozen red roses and they all started yelling, go Nancy. It was so funny. It was funny. Yeah. I'll never forget that day. It was freezing. I put on a winter jacket at the end of Boston Marathon for that one. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's chilly. I, I, I'm a, uh, native Michigander. So like I, I understand cold and, and that type of thing and, and seeing the people down here, uh, in Florida when it's, when it, 
is not really cold, but they get they get bundled up, you know, as soon as it gets to about 50 degrees. But yeah, for for something like that, for for it to be cold enough, wet enough, rainy enough that people aren't watching out spectating that, you know, for the Boston Marathon and needing a needing a proper jacket at the finish line. That's that's a cold, not a whole lot of fun day. You can't get to the finish line fast enough almost. It's so yeah, exactly, which is probably why I ran so fast. <laughs> there you go. Take advantage Just of to uh, stay warm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, not trying to, to bury the lead here at all, but um, obviously the the your your cancer diagnosis, lymphoma, a big big part of the story, and, and like mentioned in the intro, part of the running story as well. Um, but but when when that when that happened, when you when you found out that that you had um, that, that you had cancer, where where were you with with the running side of things, and and, and kind of how, how did that how did that I mean, other than the fact that it's it's a cancer diagnosis, so the news hits like a, a freaking bomb. But like, how, how did that how did that hit? How did that, how did that adjust everything when, when you found out? Yeah, I, um, I was, <clears throat> I had just won my age group at the Marine Corps marathon. I ran, ran a 314 or a 316 actually at the Marine Corps marathon. I had just won my age group that past fall. And, and like I said, that was, it was right around, you know, I was the top of my game and I had signed up for the Chicago marathon. I was raising money for the American cancer society. My friend Judy said, let's do Chicago again. And I was all excited about Chicago and I was training and feeling just fitter than ever. And I, you know, when you're, when you're running and you're training and you're really in tune with your body and I had very little body fat at that time, I had found this lump in my stomach and and it, it didn't change and it, it, but it grew a little bit and it was a little off center. So I knew I wasn't pregnant <laughs> and, um, we, my husband encouraged me to go to the doctor. So we went to the doctor and she said, we think you might have lymphoma. So my husband obviously didn't know what that meant. So I looked at him and I said, she thinks I might have cancer. Mm. And it was, it was just such a shocker. It was, uh, for me, I was also a staff with the American Cancer Society at that time. And this is crazy. I'm, I'm the healthiest person I know. I, I eat well. I, I take care of myself. I'm, I'm an athlete and this is, this is crazy. So, so shoot her out of the room and got some appointments and went to see another doctor. And when I went to this other doctor, they confirmed the diagnosis and they also told me that I was stage four and I, and she said, we're going to aim for a cure, which to me said, you could die. <laughs> That's all I, all I'm thinking I'm walking out of that office, just devastated and crying and just, oh, it's just, it was horrible. And, and thinking about how, oh my, my life, it's, this is my life and what, what's going to happen. So I went home and Googled it and don't ever Google your diagnosis, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bad idea found out, okay, you can, you can die from this and great, let's figure this out. So I started calling people cause I, like I said, I was working for the American cancer society. So I spoke to our top doc, one of our top doctors, Dr. Len Lichtenfeld. And he was, he was a guiding light for me throughout my whole journey here and there. He would just call in and check with me. And, and even now to this date still calls and checks on me, but he he just encouraged me to get us get another diagnosis. Make sure you have the right diagnosis and you have the right treatment plan, and and just get on it and and go and and you'll be okay. You'll it'll you'll figure it out. And I went to Mass General where they had the top lymphoma doctor there, Dr. Jeffrey Barnes from from Mass General, and. He walks in the room and it was like the whole room just lit up. He could tell this guy was super positive, super smart. He just rattled off all of this information. And I mean, this to me now is nine years ago. So I'm nine years cancer free now, but he, he was just, it was amazing. I, and I was so thankful for having him in my life at that time. He, he took this huge needle and did a bone marrow biopsy right there in the office mm-hmm. And he said, you should have gone on that ski trip. And I asked him, <clears throat> can I still run? He says, well, of course you can still run. Just listen to your body. It'll tell you if you can't run or not. Just do what you do and, and you know, basically just stay happy. So, and to me, when 
when he gave me that light of hope and I left there with a heart full of hope, I went back home to my home in Massachusetts, Western Massachusetts, and we put together this treatment plan with my new doctor, this Dr. Sean Mullally, who was also just amazing. He just had a great relationship with my husband and my husband was there every single step of the way. He did everything with me, went to all my treatments. He, My husband was amazing. He would take time off from work to just be with me when I needed him to be with me. So I had this amazing support group and I continued to run. So my running to me was what just gave me strength. It, it And the doctor, my Dr. Sean Mullally would say, it helped you build your white blood cells back up. I can't believe you would look and be like, oh my God, I am so amazed at your test results. And he goes, I really think it's your running. I think your running is really helping you through all of this. And I, I healed, I healed so much faster. And, and the disease that I had, the cancer I had, diffuse large B cell lymphoma, it was a, it's a really fast growing lymphoma. So you, if you don't catch it, you can die, right? Mm-hmm. So your that lymphoma, it will just grow and it just grows so fast. So, so basically if you don't get on it right away, that's, that's how, you know, you can't, you can't take care of it. So we were able to really nip it in the bud and we were able to kill it fairly fast. So, so it was gone and, but I continued, I had to continue and finish through the, the treatment, RCHOP, which is the treatment that they give for diffuse large B cell lymphoma. Oh, and, and I just continued to train. So I would have one good week which was, you know, like two weeks, uh, I had a bad week. So the bad week was the week I have treatment. And then I would, I would have a, like a recovery week so I could do a little bit of running. And then I would have a good week, which was the third week. And that's when I would like get in my long runs or my longer runs. So I basically developed my training plan around my chemo plan. So I would merge the two and, and I, I did it. I, I got all my long runs in. I was able to keep training and I was able to go to treatment and I was able to recover from, from the treatment and I think faster because it was getting all that exercise and being able to mentally as well. Uh, I think the challenges that I had running while I was in chemo had to do with whether it was nausea, you know, like the whole, it makes you sick, you know, obviously they put poison in your body, you're going to get sick. But my, the other symptoms are, um, your, you can't feel your fingers and you can't feel your toes. So I would be out there running in the trails and I, I would run in the trails all the time. Cause I have a dog. My dog Oakley was, um, the dog I had back then. And I run in the trails and I would trip and I would fall. So there, I would, I would fall. And I, I numerous times I fall. I would do races. I did Mount Toby, which is a race here in, in our local Western mass area. And I ran up to the top and I would, on my way down, I fell, I fell down, um, this mountain race and I crossed the line covered in blood, mm-hmm. <laughs> like blood on my knees. And I'm like, but I did it because I, I just, it, I needed, I needed it. I, I felt like it was my, it was my drug of choice. The running is my drug of choice, right. To, to combat the other drug, the chemo that was like, I needed because I needed to kill those cancer cells. But mm-hmm. I also, I also really, gosh, I think my survival and my my attitude and my strength came from being able to run. Uh, but the whole the whole end of the story, or not end of the story, but two thirds of the way through treatment was when the Chicago Marathon, and I made it, and I did it, and I was like so excited, and everybody was calling me Wonder Woman, and I I didn't really feel like a Wonder Woman, but it really helped my attitude because I you know it gave me that strength to think I was Wonder Woman, uh, so my friends all called me Wonder Wonder Woman, and I had this cape and I had a Wonder Woman outfit. My sister is a seamstress and she made this beautiful Wonder Woman outfit with the skirt and the shirt and and like the armbands and the cape and she made a Batgirl outfit for my friend Kara who I had met in a determination run for the American Cancer Society too. And the two of us ran Chicago Marathon with our our outfits on and it was two thirds of the way through chemo. And uh, like I said, my, my fingers are numb and I'm, I have no eyebrows and I, I wore this cap that I had uh, purchased and, um, I, I wore this cap. So when we stopped one time, the people at the aid station were like, you can only have one biofreeze because they didn't have enough for everybody for their legs. And my legs were cramping up and my girlfriend, Kara starts yelling at him like she's, she's in cancer. 
cancer treatment. She, made, she took off my cap and he's like, look, you know, like, oh my gosh. So of course they gave me as much as I wanted. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you got a second, you got a second pack of biofreeze without question. Uh, and then I went into the porta potty and I'm sitting there and this is like around 20 or 21, which is where you hit the wall. Mm -hmm. if, if you run marathons, right? So you're ready, you're hitting the wall and I'm ready to, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just don't know if I can do this. And I was wondering if I could even stand up and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to stand up. So I finally was able to stand up and I got out there. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. And I'm looking at my watch and I'm seeing, oh my gosh, we could break four hours. Like I didn't even realize how fast we were running. And Kara's like, yeah, she goes, if you want to, if you want to try, we could. And so we did and we ran and we, I got a second wind at the end there and finished in three hours and 57 minutes, which actually was a Boston qualifier for me that year. Mm -hmm. So, so I finished and I finished strong and it was, it was amazing. It was like one of those life changing moments and everybody's around you cheering you on and they just they just can't believe um that accomplishment i met some amazing people there and yeah that'll be that'll go down in my life is one of the the big things for me huge <laughs> yeah well no no question for for so many reasons um a, a couple things that uh that, that i'd love to to dive into just to just to touch more um when the when the doctor gave you the 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 green light to to keep running, had you been running before that, or or were you more of of you know I don't want to do were you kind of in that mindset of I don't want to do do too much, or or what was running like kind of from the diagnosis to when you got that green light to yeah you can absolutely keep running as long as your body tells you it's okay. Yeah, um, you know I, I I kept going and it was really just feeling it out for myself, finding out, you know, what could my body do? And I, I did slow down a little bit where, you know, I, I didn't know whether I was going to be able to continue. So I, I just, again, just like listening to your body and, and making sure that you're able to do the mileage that you need to do. So I don't know. I think it was, it really was as it is usually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a really good person to listen to my body. So I, I don't push myself too hard. If I don't think I can do it or if I feel tired, I won't do it. So even with the, with the cancer diagnosis, I, I maybe was a little afraid in the beginning and we like, we canceled our ski trip. We didn't think we were going to be able to go. So I, you know, I definitely slowed down. Um, but then as soon as he said, you know, you can, of course you can do that. Just listen to your body. And Oh, okay. So it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to hurt me to run. No, it's not. and actually ended up helping me. So that's when I would just pick it up again. Also, in in that, and and I, I'm a certainly a, a believer that you know exercise. I mean, we're made to move. Physical movement is good for our health on on a whole host of of for a whole host of reasons. And you know, with with the that kind of idea that man, all this running might be helping you with your with your white blood cell count. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously there's, there's some, there's some fairly clear, or at least you could, you could draw some pretty, pretty good connections to the, the, the running helping with the recovery. But, um, you know, as, as runners, all, all of us probably listening, you know, there's, there's a certain level of, of identity that we get that, yeah, we're, we're runners and it's kind of what we do. And it, you know, it helps, it helps keep our minds right. And it helps just kind of make the world feel like it's, it's going the right direction and, and things like that. Um, how much do you, credit or, or how big of a role do you think that being able to continue to run, continue to train, knowing that Chicago is coming up and Hey, you know, maybe we can may still run this race, even though going through, through chemo at the time. Um, how much of that, how important was that for you mentally when you were going through this, this fight with the cancer? Uh, yeah, I, it, totally was what kept me going really. I mean, I stopped working because I did. I needed to. And, and they, you know, you need to rest. They tell you you need to rest. I, I did work a little bit. Of course I kept working, you know, I probably, <laughs> one, of those, one of those things you do, you just need to get your mind off of what you're going through at the time. So there are certain things that you, that you would do in order for that to happen. And, and one of those was my running, you know, my running really helped me with my, you know, it's meditative, right? So you're going out there and you're running and you're, you're able to think through things and you're, I mean, all of us runners that, that 
are addicted to running. That's the reasons why we keep doing it every single day is because it's, it's, it's almost like that. I used to listen to music and there's times I do listen to music when I run. And I know people like to listen to music when they run or, Mm -hmm. or even podcasts when they run, they like to listen to stuff like that. But I stopped listening uh, to music just because I, I really felt it was like my time for myself and, and being able to think through things and being able to just breathe and, and, and meditate. And I really do credit the fact that I was able to run through this cancer that it kept me positive and kept me strong, kept me feeling strong and didn't feel like the victim. I felt like I was taking charge of my health and my life and I'm going to keep running. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you said there at, you know, kind of finishing the Chicago marathon and, and I'm going to extrapolate a little bit and obviously, you know, slap me back into my place if that's what's, is that, if that's what's necessary, but, um, you know, life changing kind of totally just changes, changes everything, you know, obviously having cancer, beating cancer, running a marathon while fighting cancer. Um, how, how, how has it, you know, can can you put into words or can, can you explain kind of how that really has changed you from, you know, pre-cancer Nancy to, to post-cancer Nancy, how, how has this, this section of the journey really, uh, reshaped the trajectory of, of your life since then? Yeah, I think really having cancer and having fought cancer and survived cancer and being able to help others that have faced this disease that are athletes, a lot of people will come to me and send their friends to me and just check in with me as, as inspiration and hope. So I, I feel that that has changed me and that I'm I'm staying positive. I'm a very positive. I was very positive before, but this has just thrown me the whole next way. Like it's, it is really important to keep your head up. It's really important to get back up. It's really important to, to be strong and have a plan and keep moving forward and, and be positive and, and, and help other people and being able to look at life every day as a blessing. And it's, you know, we hear cancer survivors say that a lot, but it's so true because when you're faced with a devastating disease that can take your life, when it, it wasn't so something you did. You didn't do something to get it. It just, it happened to you. And so you never know. And, and you never know when you're walking around and you're in the grocery store and you see people and they might, everybody struggling with something, whether it's mental health or physical health or, you know, a devastating disease themselves or a, a devastating disease of, of a family member or a friend. You just, everybody is, everybody's got something going on and you need to be kind and you need to help people and you need to be there. And I, that has, is something that having cancer taught me and you know I might have had a little inkling of that before but boy now it, it more than ever do I feel that people need kindness and people need to know that they can talk to somebody and and like the American Cancer Society has an 800 number you know 800 ACS 2345 so you you can always call and you can get help and you can get someone to talk to so you have you know you have that option when you're you're going through a disease but but also being that person and if you can put yourself out there as that person that can be that that positive force and can say, I survived, I survived that I went through that. And, and I ran through it, you know, I ran, and I ran a marathon. And, and that's, and I was running marathons before. So it's not like you're going to take up marathoning when you get cancer. But if you're doing something, and and this is going to make you happy, and this is going to keep you positive, and it's going to get you through it. It's, it's really, really going to get you through it even stronger than you think. So just keep doing what you're doing and keep staying strong. And I think that that is what cancer has made me more of a positive person. If that was even, I thought even possible, but it is, it is. And I know I'm trying to think, what what was I like before? I don't, (laughs) but it's, uh, it, you know, I want to help people and I want to be able to, to send a message that, you know, you've got to, 
you know, if you think you're lost, find your center, you know, look for that highest point, reach for it every day. Don't forget to breathe, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and trail running any obstacle in life. You need intense focus and, and you need to keep going. You got to keep, you got to get through the mud to beat it. And you, and just keep, just keep, looking up and, and going. And there's so many people that, that you see in Facebook, social media is in your face all the time. So you, you see it more than ever when people are down and out or negative or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's like this world needs a dose of positivity and it needs, you know, it needs strong people to, to look to versus feeling that they're defeated. So I, I feel that I am that I'm trying to be that person. And, and every, I do this Toastmaster, I'm in Toastmasters International and we have our, our meetings and I, I focus most, all of my speeches are on positivity and inspiration and what, you know, what can we do um, to really strengthen ourselves and, and keep balance in our life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, how has your running changed since, since the, the cancer diagnosis or has it, has that, has that been kind of maybe the constant that's, that's run throughout, uh, you know, before, during and after? Yeah, well, I did my first 50 miler a year after Mm -hmm. I had cancer. So my first 50, I, my running since cancer, I think, has been even more focused. In I think it's changed a little bit because of the, you know, as you as you um, uh, what I want to say, as you grow in the sport, or as you as you get older, let's say your your knees or you know whatever the cases may be, to be able to choose, you know, like I said, I'm doing cross I'm doing cross country and I'm doing mountains, but when I was doing, when I had just survived cancer, I did a 50, um, for my first 50 miler and I ran a eight and a half hour 50 Whew. a year after cancer. And yeah, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's moving. <laughs> I blew my, it blew my mind, but I, but I was into it. I mean, I was so into it. I was so just empowered to run and, and knowing running was making me healthier. And so I, I had a lot of friends that were into ultra running and, and we got our miles in together. And I was, I was fourth woman and first in my age group, fourth woman at the Vermont 50 that year. And it was pretty awesome. I qualified for the Western States lottery and I didn't get in. I, I didn't know if I actually wanted to do a hundred miler, but mm. <laughs> But it was a fleeting thought anyway. Uh, I, I have friends that do those and it's, I think it's crazy, but, but yeah, so the ultra thing was kind of fun. So I've, I've done two of those. My second one wasn't as good as my first, but I didn't train as much. There I go off on my winging it training plan. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, love running. And like I said, it, a lot of it is my social, but I'm, I also love to win. And I'm finding that because I'm a later in life runner, a lot of people that are very competitive have a lot of injuries because they've been running since they were in high school and they did cross country and they were really good in college. And, and so they're, they're kind of, um, dealing with injuries more than I am where this is, and it's new to me. So this is all like the, not new to me, but new to me, um, since college, like I didn't run in college. So I just, just started the little competitions and stuff when I was in college and the marathons just then. So to me, this is, you know, exciting that I'm winning my age group. I'm winning my age group in the new England cross country series two years in a row. And I won the all terrain series, like I said, and, you know, second in Mount Washington, you know, I think twice I've been second and once I was third, but it's, you know, I've, I've had some great success in, in these past years and, and it, it fuels me and I love it. And I do, I do, it just, it keeps me excited to run. And, but I do rest. I, I, I do feel that rest is so important. And if you are feeling burnt out or you're feeling that you're tired, that you really need to listen to your body. So I think it's all really is about listening to your body, setting realistic goals and getting your rest and making sure you're, you know, if you want to make a certain time or you want to have a BQ, you really need to be on a plan um, if you really have specific goals in mind. But really listening to your body is so important. Yeah, and that's that's something that I talk about quite quite often. And, and what, one thing, and you kind of got into it with, with resting a little bit there, but, um, you know, I, I'd love to, to maybe dive just a, a hair deeper while we still have a few minutes left um, on this idea of, of you know, like you mentioned, a lot of, of people that have been competitively pushing themselves for for years 
wind up with injuries or burned out or or whatever and 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 stop stop running uh as as much as they they maybe did in the past um and you know whether you're competing at the front of the pack or you're just competing with yourself for time goals things like that you know one of the things i love most about running as as an adult is that it allows me to still be competitive even though i'm I'm not up at the front of the pack um but i still have that you know the age group numbers to shoot for just you know again personal goals things like that um how do you how do you balance you know, none of us are getting any younger. And, and as, as all of us get older, obviously bodies change a little bit. Recovery windows need to be widened probably a little bit wider than they used to be. How do you manage to stay, to stay healthy? Like kind of, what is your protocol? What are some of the things that you do, um, to, to obviously continue to race hard, race fast. Um, but also, you know, knock, knock on wood, hopefully keep the, the running injuries away. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm an Alpine skier too. So, (laughs) which, which adds a little bit more complexity to it because when you're skiing Alpine and I've been a ski instructor for more than 20 years, I'm a, I'm a ski instructor. I do private lessons at Stowe Mountain Resort in Vermont and we, our whole family are ski instructors. So that's another whole story, but I would ski and run at the same time because Boston was in April. So my ski instructing and my skiing, and I would ski 30 to 40 days a year. So I ski quite, quite a bit for a Mm part-timer and it was hard on my knees. So I, I, that's, I ended up not stop, you know, I stopped doing marathons because I would get fluid. I got fluid on my knees. Uh, A couple of times I had to have the fluid taken off my knees and, and I actually had a complete ACL tear skiing. Mm -hmm. So that was before Boston. That was before my 2007 Boston. Wow. So I've recovered and gotten stronger, even though I had that complete ACL tear and my doctor telling me I should never run again to be the strong, <laughs> to be stronger than ever in my master years. So, and I'm now, and I'm now 55 and I ran a 40, I'll say, I'll see what my 10 K time was <laughs> with a tier one. It was like a 40, 41 minute 10 K. And so I'm pretty fast for my age right now. And, and I guess to, to credit the resting, making sure the rest, making sure you get your sleep and, and they, they talk about it more. Like you just said, they talk about getting your rest. It's, it's just as important as, as anything and that you're getting your eight hours of sleep a night. And some people need more, but being able to, if you get up early, you need to go to bed early and making sure you get those hours in sleeping and also balancing your training. So you're not always going hard. You're maybe going hard twice a week. So the rest of the time, any of the training that you're doing, it should be at like a real moderate level. You can go, you can go and making sure you get your rest day in. There needs to be a full rest day where you're not doing anything, not no cross training of any sort, maybe your yoga, right? Mm -hmm. So you need that. and, And that's, this is my philosophy, but you need, you need that rest for your body to recover and to be able to compete hard when it comes to a race week or a rate in the race day or the two days before the race, you need to rest mm-hmm. or you're not going to go hard. And, and, and you just, you have to pick and choose. So if you're going to go hard for that race and that's a goal race. So I race a lot. So I just raced an 8k bridge of flowers this path. You now, what was it? I guess it was last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend. So it, it was a big grand prix. Everybody came from everywhere because it's picked as one of the, the top races in new England and, and all these people, all the teams, all the top runners and from all over come. And I was fifth in my age group, which is awesome because these girls are amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, we were first master team. My, the, the girl I had as a coach, Kim Nado, she won. Uh, we had just amazing showing, but anyway, what I was, what I was going back to was that rest, the rest you need to take those days off and you need to rest. You need to get your sleep and you need to make sure you have your rest weeks. And there needs to be, you can't train all the time, all year round. You need to have time off. And, and the other thing for me, like in, in staying away from injury is cross training. And I, I depend a lot on my cycling. I've, I've cycled more than ever. I cycle, you know, we're, we're going out for 25, 30 mile rides and I ride with my running friends. And these girls are like two, you know, two hour marathoners and they're, mm-hmm. 
these girls are strong, strong cyclists too, but they're out there cycling and we're, you know, we're all, you know, my friend Dana, she's going to be in our, in our uh, 50 year age group too, coming up here soon. But we're, you know, we're all in the, that master age group and, and it's the cross training. It's cross training that's keeping us strong and keeping us healthy and, and, you know, keeping us away from injury and really being in tune to your body and, and making sure you're, you're getting the right kind of, treatment and PT if you need it. And, you know, there's a lot of Achilles problems and a lot of knee problems and stuff like that that are happening. And it really is being able to stretch and, and get, you know, get it all in, you know, make sure and be, be, you know, smart about it and not push yourself too hard too often. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful because I've, I say most of those things on a regular enough basis that I'm sure that my voice gets, gets drowned out. So it's, it's good to hear. <laughs> it's always nice to have a different voice, um, to, to echo some of those th- same things. But yeah, I, I've even gone. So, so I, I do some coaching as well. And, yeah. uh, I I've gone so far with a few of, of the athletes I work with where we're just changing off day to rest day because of that idea of off, well, I'm not doing anything to, to propel myself forward. So I love that you said rest I think just about yeah. every time instead of, instead of an off day, because the, the rest is just as important. Like the rest is part of the training. It's, yeah. it's a necessary part. And, and too often I think it's, it's easy to think, well, I'm, I'm resting, so I'm not doing anything. So I'm, you know, at, at, yeah. at best, going I'm, easy. Not, I'm going I'm, easy. So that's rest, right? Yeah, yeah. right, right. Or, or right. The, the mindset of I'm resting. So I'm actually, I'm losing fitness today. And like, no, 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 you're not. I promise you like your body's yeah. that's when the adaptations can, can happen. So anyway, yeah. glad, glad you, uh, flesh that out a bit uh, for us again, because it's, it's one of those messages. I don't think it, it's, I mean, I don't ever stop mentioning it because it's, it's that important. So I, I, I uh, agree there wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So as, as we're wrapping up, Nancy, the, the way I like to, to close these conversations is with, is with something that I call a, a philosophical question. And, um, sometimes it's, it can be, uh, you know, something that, that's fairly, it, well, it, in any event, it's supposed to be something kind of like the, oh, the introductory question, something that's pretty open-ended, kind of take it, you know, any, any which way you want to go. Um, and, and at this, it, I guess where I'm going to, the question I'm going to ask for you at this point in your life, you know, nine years cancer-free, which is, which is fantastic. Congratulations on that. Um, all the, all the accolades, all the, the races, the age groups, the, the, the just everything that, that you've accomplished in your running career so far, why do you keep going? You know, I, I, it's one of those questions I think that, that sounds pretty easy, but if you stop and think about it for a second, like, like, why do you keep getting out there on a, you know, almost daily basis, lacing them up, running the races, doing the things, what, what still lights you up about running at this point in your life that, uh, makes it something that is, is a, I'm imagining pretty much a non-negotiable for you. I really feel that running makes me feel good about myself. It helps with my self-confidence. It helps with my appearance, right? You know, you like, you think when you look in the mirror and what do you want to look like and what do you want to, what's, what's the next goal? And it helps me, helps me take that next step and keep going and keep feeling good and keep you know, looking good and, and being able to be out there with my friends and, and be an inspiration. So I, I like feeling that way. I like feeling good and good about myself. And it's kind of a selfish answer, I guess, but, um, but, but running, running makes you stronger. I mean, my running and it keeps me mentally sane because I don't know. I know when I can't run, I get, I get crazy. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it, that's, that's why that rest day is so hard. I think because it's like, Oh gosh, you know, I really should do something. Or I'm going to be fat tomorrow or, mm-hmm. you know, like that whole like mindset in your, in your brain. But you, there's so many things about running that, that, keep me sane that I can't imagine not doing it. Honestly. And I saw that and I, I, I should look it up too for you, but they, there was a woman and she's in her eighties set an age record this weekend at the bridge of flowers. Mm-hmm. So there's people and you look at them and they're happy and they're smiling and, and I, it makes me happy. You know, running makes me happy. And I, and I, I like the, the endorphins of it all. And I like, you know, if I didn't run, I couldn't eat that ice cream and at Yukon yesterday, (laughs) 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 
like, I'm going to have that ice cream. So, but you know, there's, there's those payoffs and, and there's just so much about it that, that keeps me positive and keeps me strong and, and makes me happy. I just, I can't imagine not being a runner and everybody's, Oh, your knees, your knees. And, but you know, my knees, that's why I'm cross trained because I'm, I'm getting myself stronger and whether it's, you know, and I'm not a good weightlifter and I'm trying to get better at that. I'm a rower. I have a rowing machine, a concept too. So I do that. And that's a good cross train opportunity too. But there's, you know, look in some different cross training opportunities. If you're finding some issues with, um, different, you know, your joints Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be, but there's, there's workarounds and, and I, I don't know, I love it. And I love the running community. I, I love all my friends that I've met through running and I can't imagine my life without it, honestly. Yeah, well, you're certainly speaking to uh, speaking to the choir. I think there's a, a whole host of us that uh, are, are right there with you. Could, couldn't imagine not doing it, and that's that's why you know why we can't get enough. Why I can't get enough talking to people. Why we can't get enough listening to other people's stories. It's it's just uh, an incredible thing to do. So, uh, Nancy, thank you for for taking the time. And guys, once again, if you want to find out more about Nancy, kind of follow along as as she continues on. You know, just picking them up, putting them down, and doing it faster than I, than I can do it. Certainly. And, and it may, yeah, no, no, no bones about that. Uh, Nan ski MTN, N A N S K I M T N dot wordpress.com is the website blog, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Same, same handle there. N A N S K I M T N on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, as per usual, everything will be linked up in the show notes, disruns.com slash seven, six, six. So, uh, Nancy, thank you, uh, once again for, for taking the time today. Thanks for, uh, sharing your story. And, and again, I mean, just congratulations on, on beating the cancer, uh, nothing but the best going forward on the health front, nothing but the best going forward on the running front. And, uh, who knows, maybe somewhere down the line, we can circle back up and do this again, but really appreciate your time today. And, and thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Nancy and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was that thing that we talked about today that really, really stuck with you? Just a little bit, a little bit more than uh, than everything else. For me, it was it was Nancy's comment about how how important it is to be kind and how you know we, we all have things going on in our lives. Um, you know, sometimes the, the bads are really bad. Sometimes the bads maybe aren't as, as bad, but we all have goods. We all have bads. We all have ups and downs. We have good days and bad days. And I don't know about you, but I know that I can kind of, you know, get, uh, get trapped in my own head, in my own world, live in my own little bubble a little bit. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm having a down day, I can, I can maybe, um, say something, do something to someone else. Hopefully not, uh, my wife or my daughter, although oftentimes to my wife or my daughter, that is not being kind, that is not being loving, that is not just being a good human being. And it's certainly through no fault of their own. It's because I'm having a rough day. And so Nancy talking about the idea that we don't know how other people are doing that day, but we know that everybody has stuff. Everybody has things. And, you know, when in doubt, default to kindness. Get out of get out of your own. For or what I took away from this is, is to, I need to get out of my own head sometimes. Get out of my own self imposed pity party sometimes. And instead of reflecting my bad day or my hurt feelings or my whatever, and and putting that on somebody else, just default to kind. Just be kind to them, um, even if I'm not feeling kind. You know, um, because. Most uh, most times, you know, if, if somebody does something to us that causes us to react back, more often than not, they're not trying to be um, angry or trying to be hurtful or trying to, to cause you problems. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe they just found out some really bad news about themselves or a loved one. And by lashing out at somebody, by not defaulting to kindness, it's just not making the situation any better for anybody, for us or for that other individual. So, um, I, I like to think that I try to be good at this. I like to think that I try to be measured with my responses and, and respond instead of react, but you know, I'm human and that certainly doesn't happen all the time. And Nancy's comments today about just the value of kindness, the, the value of extending kindness really struck me as like, that's something that I need to default to. Instead of, instead of, you know, in my good days that I, I end up with kindness, I just need to default to kindness and 
I bet you, you know, my little bubble and my little world and maybe the, the bigger world would be better because of it. So I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that's something that, that stuck with you or not, but that definitely hit me just how important kindness is. And especially because we don't know, you know, with other people in our lives, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're dealing with right now. Um, but we could all use a little bit more kindness. So it's something that I'm going to try to work towards. And I really appreciated Nancy kind of going, going down that route a little bit and, and giving me a little gut check because, uh, it was something that I needed, something that I needed. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? I would love if you would share it with me. I'm at Diz Runs on Twitter. I'm at Diz Runs on Instagram. You can always slide into a, into a DM there or shoot me a, you know, a, a more public message if you want to share your takeaways from today's episode. Obviously, you can also head over to the show notes, dizruns.com slash 766. We'll have some photos there, some links, all the, all the good things there. And you can leave a comment or leave your, you leave your feedback in the comment section of the post. You can also shoot me an email, dizruns at gmail.com. I read all of those. Those don't go to anybody else, just to me. Uh, and I, I, love, I love it when, you, you, when every so often somebody takes a, a few minutes to uh, type out you know, more than 140 characters or whatever, 280 it is that, that Twitter allows now or... Um, actually fires off a proper email. It's, it's nice to hear from you. And don't worry, I'm not going to like add you to my list because they do that. You can add yourself to the list. There's enough ways that you can do that. I'm not going to be that guy. I got, you know, talk about what grinds your gears, trying to lead with kindness. But man, I have, I've had a few people in the last couple of days that I've emailed for something professionally and all of a sudden I'm on their email address or their email list and they just added me to it. Come on guys. Um, don't, don't do that. That's not a kind thing to do. The kindness is to let somebody Join, join, if they're interested, join your emails and you have that opportunity a dozen different places on the website. Um, but if you email me your feedback and your thoughts and takeaways, I can promise you one thing I'm going to read. I can promise you a bunch of things. I can promise you I'm going to read it. I can promise you nobody else is going to read it. I promise that I'm going to reply to it. And I promise that I'm not going to add you to my email list. So there you go. There's four promises that you can get if you, uh, you know, if you take the time to send me an email, but anyway, uh, enough, enough of this shenanigans, enough of this going on. Uh, you know the places to find me at Dizruns on social media, Dizruns at gmail.com and Dizruns.com slash 766 to take you back to the show notes for today. Thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways are always appreciated. And if you want a little bit more of me in your life, I'll be over on the YouTubes. Come, come hang out. Come say hello. Come subscribe. Dizruns.com slash YouTube. So with that, after the little coughing fit that I just deleted out, but my voice is still a little jacked up. So we're going to, we're going to power through this and get to uh, get on with the day. I'm going to try to figure out what the heck's going on here but uh thank you guys for listening thanks for all the support thanks for all you do thanks for for telling me about other people that i should have on the show that's how this conversation came about and i'm so glad that i was able to connect with nancy so thank you chris for helping to set this up and uh, if you have a friend or uh, an acquaintance or someone that you follow um that you think would be a good guest let me know and we'll see if we can set that up as well so until next time be well take care thank you again for listening and uh talk to you soon